It's Dan Dixon. I'm the CEO of Endeavor Silver Corp. Uh, we're a mid-tier silver producer with two main operating assets in Mexico. Produce about 8 million silver equivalent ounces per year. That's through um, silver and gold. 60% of our revenue mix is in silver, 40% is in gold. But ultimately, we're at a very important part of our cycle is the fact that we have a project called Terranera that we expect to come online in the next couple of years. We're close to making a construction decision. And ultimately, Terranera will double our production and cut our cost profile in half. Um, we're last couple of years have been really building out our pipeline and, and think we have a very compelling growth story in our in our space. Dan, good to see you again. It's been a year since I saw you. I hope you've been well. Yeah. Good. Um, I have been well. Good. I can't complain. No one listens. Good. Well, you know, I think it's important to ask that. Um, right. Um, last time we spoke was uh, a year ago, said um, you said at the time we're very close to getting Terranera financed. Um, still not there. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, last year we came out with the feasibility study mid-year. Uh, ultimately, we've been working with commercial banks to be able to put in the lowest cost capital possible for the project. I think that's important for our shareholders. I think at the time I mentioned to you last year, um, we had a great balance sheet. We still have a great balance sheet at the end of Q2. We had $155 million of working capital, no long-term debts, a little minor bit of mining equipment leased. Uh, ultimately, with working with commercial banks, there's a lot of regulation to get through, so to speak. Ultimately, we have uh, worked on our ESG documentation, our equator principles that allow us to qualify for commercial level debt and obviously lowest cost of capital. So we're there, almost there. Uh, I expect that here in the fourth quarter to be able to kind of push that through the finish line and ultimately make a construction decision on Terranera. Okay, so, okay, I, I get it tough for everyone out there and, you know, things are a little bit slower, costs a little bit higher, and we'll kind of get into the rising cost environment in a second, especially when it comes to kind of capex for these things. But um, I, I kind of want to look a little, little bit further back because, again, one of the first things you said to me last time we spoke was, I've... I want to speak to the people. I want to. I want to understand what they're thinking, uh, and I want them to get on board with uh, you know my vision effectively. Did Did you do that? Are they on board? Were there bigger problems to worry about? Yeah, I think I did that. Um, it's always a difficult thing, but ultimately, what we were trying to do when I spoke to that was changing our culture. And the biggest thing that we want to push was a safety culture, and I think that's gone extremely well. In fact, we just surpassed two and a half million uh, man hours at Guanasvi. Uh, with no LTI, no long-term uh, incidences. And before that, we actually went 2 million man hours. So I think our culture from a safety standpoint is completely improved. Um, and that's very important to be efficient from an operating standpoint as well. And safety first means that we're going to be relatively uh, efficient from an operating standpoint. Uh, at Bolonito, similarly, we've had very good safety statistics. And ultimately, over the last two years, in 2020, we revised our guidance upwards. Um, and So beat our guidance, then beat even that upward got revised guidance. And in 2022 here, um, we revised our guidance upwards again. And ultimately, I think it's a reflection of our team and how we're operating. It's partly it's a reflection of some of the grades we're getting out of Guana City as well. So it's not just the people. But I think we have a great team in place and everyone's kind of moving in the same direction. Do you think that 20, the kind of successes in the, in the market in terms of your share price, your, 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 you know, your enterprise value, market cap, having you want to judge yourself, 2020 and the first half of 2021 was, you know, stellar success, you know, up nearly six bucks. Do you think that kind of period made a rod for your own back in a way? And, and how, how, 
did people change in terms of their attitude to you know where this company was going then um, from where you came for humble humble background as it were in terms of share price or, or you know whilst you know uh, silver was at 12 14 bucks or so and with any of those kind of lessons or anything that you you saw from from then that you've applied to kind of remind people on this kind of slightly downward pressure that you're facing at the moment that you you've got to take control of your own destiny and don't believe the hype as it were yeah it's a good question i mean obviously sentiment across this space and even within our company goes with the price of silver and ultimately our share price and, and that improves and i think what we try to focus on as a management group isn't the short term it's the long term and, and having that consistent message from a safety standpoint from an operating standpoint uh, from a development standpoint whether our share price is doing well or 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 not i mean i think the share price internally uh, it's a barometer of success potentially, but ultimately we have a lot of other KPIs of how the business is doing. And we try not get lost in the day-to-day -day movements in our share price or the day-to-day -day movements in the silver price. It's what can we do day-to-day -day for what we're working on at that moment, whether it's um, mucking a stope, blasting a stope, um, looking at some engineering reports, re redefining what we're going to do at Terranera. It's about the business inside this company more than about the share price, so to speak. I think if we take care of that, the share price will take care of itself. Right. Okay. You you, you pointed out one of the growth factors um, in terms of revising guidance up, which is good always, um, as long as you're making money. Um, Q2, you weren't able to kind of show that. So what are the other things that you're doing in terms of this kind of cost control environment, which I think you, you quoted in one of your press releases saying you, you need to, con the cost control is going to be a key focus for you. So what else can you do in terms of cutting costs? Because you can only go so far with that. And obviously producing higher grade uh, answers also helps with that. But you know, what, what, is, what are those targets that you set the team uh, as part of that kind of um, vision of yours? Yeah. As you say, I mean, we're in an inflationary environment, so we're seeing cost increases on steel, energy, uh, even a little bit on a wage standpoint. So ultimately, it's it's very difficult to control costs when you're in an inflationary environment, hence all the risks that we're seeing across uh, the macro environment. What we can focus on is hitting our targets, making sure that we can hit our production targets, and if we can, exceed those production targets. Obviously, economies of scales pushes that down. I think those are short-term things and eventually there's only so much you can do in a mine. We're going to need that labor, we need that energy, we need that steel to be able to actually have safe production. Um, of course, in short terms, you can cut back costs from an exploration standpoint, you can cut back certain administrative activities that you're doing. But I think looking long-term, it's bringing on new assets that are going to be different cost profile. And of course, from an inflation standpoint, silver and gold are a nice hedge to inflation. Ultimately, we, we believe that price is going to increase because of the inflation environment we're in. We're also going to bring on an asset, Terranera, that's going to be um, one of the lowest cost uh, assets in our space. It will sit in the lowest decile from an all-in sustaining cost standpoint amongst all our silver peers. Right. Okay. I guess everyone in the market has been cut some slack at the moment because everyone's in the same boat. You're all being hammered in terms of not just the price of silver, um, but acceptance that the costs have risen and inflation, access to 
um, staff, um, you know, and supply chain issues in terms of how long it takes to actually get things you know, to, to site. And it's moved from this kind of just-in-time strategy to actually having inventories as, as, a, as a means of ensuring it. Now, in a way, a, product, a, a producer probably has a bit more, a few more pressures on in terms of its ability to kind of cut costs than, say, a developer. Because once the machine's turning, it, if you turn it off, it's very, very expensive um, and a slightly unforgiving market, I suspect. So um, how are you framing this to your institutional shareholders? Say, it'll be okay, silver's going to rise, oh, we hope. It's going to be okay, costs will come down, we hope. Or if you give us enough time and cut us enough slack, Terranera is the saviour for this company because we've got two tire projects which we'll extend as far as we can. But Terranera, look at look at the look at the margins we're going to make, make on that. Is, are they is that what they're buying or is that the nature of the conversation or, or, or how do you frame it? That is the nature of the conversation. I mean, as you say, Guanaste and Bolognitos are mature assets. They're on the higher end of the cost curve, even though once we sit against our peers for primary silver producers, we're kind of right in the middle of the pack. But our all-in sustaining cost in the first half of the year was $20, just north of $20. Clearly today we're sitting at $19 silver, something has got to give. There's a couple things in there. We have a significant royalty cost at Guanaste, that's going to come down. But that's all short-term cost measures and, okay, we're making break-even. Talking to institutions, it's always about, for me, it's about the long-term. For the company, it's about the long-term. The day-to-day, -day, the week-to-week, quarter-to-quarter movements, yeah, we have to manage that as a manager team. That's what we get paid for. But from a vision and what we're trying to do as a company, where Endeavor's trying to go, uh, it's looking at what assets we can bring into the marketplace at different cost profiles. Like you say, it's about margin. Yes, I believe silver prices can be higher in the future. Everything's setting up for that. But it's what can we do internally from a business standpoint to be able to control our costs as best we can and that's bringing on assets that are on a cost curve that's going to be lower. It just is. It's okay. So, you, and, and I accept that. And that's, that's kind of reasonable approach. And I think institutions clearly are saying to you, we're a buyer of that. And um, with the, can I just talk about the two, exist, uh, two existing producing assets? Um, yeah, kind of mature for, for sure. Is the, are, there, are there any kind of levers there in terms of where you might, because again, there's timing, time is everything here. It's like, are, have you got targets there which you're looking at in terms of exploration? Um, are there areas um, there which can be mined and maybe mined sooner than planned as a result? I mean, because, you know, higher grade really helps in yeah, all no, of this. Yeah, for but sure. Mine planning sure. is important too, and that takes time. So how do you, yeah. what, what are those conversations like? Yeah, we have those conversations. Actually, we're even going into budgeting for 2023 and trying to get those mine plans finaled. And obviously, with the volatility we've seen, there is a little bit of dynamic uh, kind of jumping through hoops for my, our team. But the, again, there's always levers you can pull. It's just how long you can pull them for. So and one of the things we got in trouble with in 2016 to 2018 is you reduce mine development. So typically, you de develop your mine in advance. Um, and it gives you, let's say, a year to two years worth of access to ore. You can reduce that to improve your cash flow, but eventually that catches up to you. At Guanacivi, we're in great shape. We're well advanced. We have very high-grade areas, and we can increase the amount of production coming from that high-grade area should prices even get lower, where we see inflation costs hit, hit our cost profile more. Um, so I think we have a lot of levers there that we can pull for short-term free cash flow, but eventually that all catches up to you. At Bolognitos, um, 
Similarly, we don't have as much in front of us, and obviously our cost profile is a little bit higher there, but there's little things that we can do, such as cutting development if we had to for a short-term basis to be able to improve that short-term free cash flow. Again, that catches up to you. Expiration-wise, there's expiration potential still at both operations and be able to continue to step out. As you know, we've been at Guanas V now 17 years. We never had more than two to three years reserve life. We continue to, as we deplete, we, we convert resources into reserves and then find new resources. At Bolneo, similarly, we've always been able to do that. Knock on wood that that will continue. I think it will. Um, but ultimately, they are mature assets. We run out of runway to be able to cut costs too much. Just the reality. Right, okay. And, and, and that's fine. That, that's fine. I think that's been well understood for a couple, you know, a couple of years by your shareholders, I would have thought. But um, okay, so on, on Terranara, um, you've, we talked about having approved a development budget um, at the October 2022, I think it was. Um, where, where are you with that kind of cash buffer um, at the moment in terms of where you allocate it and perhaps need to go back in, needing to go back into the market? I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, sort of I mean, at stuff. the end of Q2, we had $115 million in cash. Um, $35 million of that went out after Q2 for the Pizzeria acquisition. So effectively, even just on that note, we were kind of sitting at $80 million cash. Through October 31st, 2022, we had a budget, a spend of $41 million at Turner. So we are advancing it. We don't have a construction decision yet, but there are a number of early works, lead time. We do have 95% of the mobile equipment on site. Uh, our ball mill has been purchased. We've got for key parts, we've purchased ordered almost 12 key items for the plant. Um, so we've locked in a lot of prices from an inflation standpoint. Uh, and we are continuing to move that. The biggest aspect for Terran Air and, and Teal have that buffer, as you say, it really comes down to a project loan financing. And the reason the board hasn't given the development decision yet is we want to make sure we have the full CapEx, which was $175 million in hand before we go out to the public and just say, yes, we are building the Terranera mine. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen a few companies kind of come on and, and you know, blow their capex structure out of the water, um, no fault of their own. It's just it's just the nature of it. And I think you, you list some of the things that people need to know about, you know, whether it be, whether it be steel, reagents, fuel, whatever, um, it, it's it's an ever-changing market. In, in, in a way, would it be better to delay that until there's some kind of stabilization terms of the, the economy um, and more, more importantly some of these prices because um, some components are coming down others not yet can you can you afford to delay it or actually is there a real benefit to saying well do you know what it might cost a little bit more now but the upside um, is is significant you know justifies the, the means justifies the end as it were yeah I think right now for us the upside is the benefit I mean it is a two-year build You'll see as you delay, 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 there's no saying that the inflation cost is actually going to come way down. And for us, ultimately, locking in a lot of the equipment, like I say, is already on site. Um, we'll have a lot of mine development that's really labor intensive. There's nothing we can do from that standpoint. We think we can, we know where, where that cost will be. And ultimately for us, we feel like if we can be on time, we can be on budget. Over the last year since we put out that feasibility study, we've been trying to optimize the project. Um, we have seen some inflationary pressures on various items, obviously. Um, but with what we're doing from an optimization standpoint, we think we'll have 
a very similar project to what we came out with on a feasibility study with some cost increases in there for sure. Right. Okay. And what are the other levers available to you in terms of the, the balance sheet and maintaining the balance sheet? I noticed a sale, a sale of El Compas um, property for 500 bucks. Okay. It, it's kind of neither here nor there, but they might, if you add up enough of those sorts of types of uh, deals, it, it might kind of get you over, over the line as it were. So what, what, what else are you yeah. playing with there in terms of assets? Our, our balance sheet, to be honest, is in great shape. I mean, there's not a lot of levers that we can pull off our balance sheet. We do hold a lot of bullion at these last kind of quarters. Um, it's a short-term strategy. We're going to need the, that inventory to be sold effectively to build up our cash balance as we get into the Terranera build. Um, but as I say, right now on our balance sheet, there's no long-term debt. We'd be able to put 80 to $100 million of debt in place through a commercial bank at low cost of capital is the lever we're trying to pull to put that cash on the balance sheet for Terranera. If there ends up being overruns, um, I think we have cash flow from our existing operations, and then there are other levers you can pull. But ultimately, um, we expect to be on time and budget as best we can and, and already kind of have that buffer built into our balance sheet if we get this project loan financing done. Right, okay, and so coming back to the, the kind of um, shareholder um, Structure. Are you, are you seeing? Well, is are you getting the support that you want, um, or is it a case of they've got very few options uh, available to them? And what's the relationship with the shareholders like? I think we have the shareholder support. I mean, I guess partly a reflection of our share price has dipped over, and it's been a difficult kind of year and a half, as you said on the outset. That's that's a function of the silver price. I mean, first and foremost, um, our stock moves with the silver price. If you don't believe in silver, you're not going to invest in a silver company, of course. Um, and right now we've seen that sentiment shift towards lower silver prices. Our shareholders have been phenomenally supportive. Um, it's something I do often. We get out and talk to our shareholders and our institutional shareholders. And I think they like the direction of a, that we're taking the company. I think they love the, the Terranera project and what Terranera is going to do for our profile. Um, so, I mean, there's always going to be dissenting shareholder. There's always someone that wants something more. There's always people worried about their their, their quarterly return. I try to talk them through it and explain what we're trying to do. And sometimes they support it and sometimes they don't. But I think the general sentiment of the shareholders that continue to hold Endeavor Silver believe in our management team. Right. Okay. And, what, and just in terms of that, you know, if I kind of leave you some final, final words, so you need, maybe tell us what you say to these guys in terms of why this still is a growth story, why the, the leverage is here and why in terms of what you can control, there's a kind of future for this company more than say some of your peers or some of the other kind of silver stories which are, which are out there. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a relatively easy pitch actually. I mean, ultimately we're 60% silver, 40% gold. If you look at all our peers in our silver space, they've all been picking up gold assets. They all have base metals in their portfolio. We're silver and gold. We have the best leverage in our space on our stock price because of the silver price. We're kind of a beta of three to one to silver. But ultimately, again, it comes back to what are our assets that are going to be coming to market. And for us, um, so apologies, my lights just went out. The, uh, the Terran Air project is that asset that will take us, again, from 8 million silver equivalent ounces to a, approximately 15 million silver equivalent ounces. And then behind that, we still have growth, a growth profile with an acquisition that we completed this year, the Pizzeria project, which is one of the world's largest undeveloped silver projects. 
historically defined 525 million ounces of silver. And then we have our, our Peral project um, that we're trying to grow to 60 million ounces, 90% silver, 10% base metals. That gives us really nice optionality after the Terranera project to be able to go with something bigger with something like Pithria or maybe something smaller like Peral. So there's nobody in our space that has that growth profile that we have um, that's really it resonates with people that believe in silver price can be higher in the future. Okay. And say, so th- I think I was inferring that perhaps 2020 and 2021, early 2021 were sort of exceptional times and ex- exceptional expectations. Um, but you're, what were you, you were back then about $4.30 when I spoke to you, 950 million market cap, um, now setting at 277, $5.50 market cap, what would you prefer? <laughs> Quick growth uh, to reflect some, all the work that you're putting in or a steady, uh, a creative growth? What works for you? What do you oh, get? I, I think for me, I mean, everyone loves the quick growth, but steady accretive growth is how you build a business. I mean, nothing happens overnight. And a good friend of mine who'd sold the, the Great Bear Resources ultimately had a story that's a 15 night over, overnight success, 15 year overnight success. Things take time, right? And ultimately, if we complete what we do and we're looking at from a standpoint of what are we going to look like eight to 10 years from now, um, that matters. I mean, and that's how you grow the business. And there's going to be huge volatility because of the silver price. We saw silver go from $28 down to 19 in basically a year and a half. We can see that same movement upwards in the next year and a half. And ultimately, you're going to have that quick growth standpoint in a share price. But it's taking out the volatility. or on the It's linear on the way up. It's just volatile as you go up. So nothing is cycles. And we all know how cycles effectively work. You're going to have that. You just can't worry about the troughs and the peaks. You got to manage your business that what it's going to look like, uh, whether you're in the trough or a peak. So uh, the slow, steady growth is like is something that I expect to grow the business on. Not that I don't like that quick growth. 